0: Introverted noise. Hurry oh, yeah,
1: up, Daddy. Let's do it. out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11. But now he going oh, it this. to oh, Williams. Touchdown! You've got it, big sniper.
2: Right. once again, we are back. It has been a little too long, but I am back. We got the full crew here, the originals, the climbing, the pocket crew, everybody back together once again. And just to pour salt in the wound, keep things going like we always go, QB1, how you doing? How you been? What's going on with you, my Good, man?
3: man. Daddy life is... It's busy, but it's good. It's keeping me busy. And y'all know my my work life is always busy, too. So busy is the best way to describe
2: it. There we go. Busy is good, though. Busy is good. And uh, wide receiver one, Miles over here. Uh, saw you over there picking up the sticks, doing work. You <laughs> winning? You losing? What's going on over there on 2K? We're in the playoffs. I'm winning. Okay. Uh, I don't lose. Come on now. <laughs> um,
0: no, I, yeah, I'm doing all right, though. busy.
2: Seems to be I was yeah. playing
3: on rookie over there.
0: Never, <laughs>
2: never. This is step up. Just is step up on that. And uh, last but certainly not least, Saxy Prince over there with the good lighting, nothing on the walls but the good lighting going on. How you doing, my man? We're doing good, man. We're doing
1: good. Uh, it's been a while since we've all been back together, missed this, this atmosphere. So, uh, let's just hop right into it. We got yeah, some things to talk about.
2: All right, let's do it. So I'm going to go ahead. JR ain't been here for a little while, so I'm going to put him on the spot right out the gate. Uh, JR, should there be a football season this year? I know there's been a, you know, they came to an agreement. They're going to try to work some things out. You know, uh, you're asking the wrong guy for. I I, I know, I know, but that's what we're going to do. We're just going to get right to it. We're going to put him on the spot right away. Uh, Not do we want a season. Not would it be nice if there was a season, but just based on what we know right now, do you feel like there should be a season this year? Should
3: there be? No. Will there be? Absolutely. Just because there's so there's too much money to lose with the NFL. Like, everyone knows it's a million dollars. We're really a billion-dollar corporation, and there's no way. Like, they would have to burn every single stadium down in the world for them not to have a football season. There's just too much money to lose, and there's no way these billion-dollar owners are going to let a virus that is super serious – um, not let them play the games this year. So should there be a season? No, but will there be? Absolutely. And I think we're going to get some type of season with these Power Five conferences as well, just because money is king in Power Five conferences in college and also the NFL. And that's why you see these FCS schools, Division Two schools saying, screw it. We're not playing this year. We don't have the money to cover these lawsuits that are coming with it. But these Power Five schools, they have the money to do it. And then, of course, the NFL has the money to cover up of some of the stuff that happens, So I think we'll get some type of a season with these power five schools. And, of course, I think the NFL will have a full season. Now, that's not to say that the season will finish, just because I think some stuff is going to happen. I think something crazy is going to happen. Do I hope something crazy happens? Of course not. But, I mean, it's inevitable, man. We know it's coming. It's going to be a train wreck. Somebody's going to catch the virus. Who is, who is it going to be? I have no idea, but we know it's coming.
2: Yeah, and Miles, so as you're looking at this thing, Um, like JR said, you know, the NFL is going forward. They're not really following the NBA's lead with like putting everyone in the bubble. They're not following the NHL's lead with the bubble. Kind of going with the baseball route where, you know, guys can come and go. They're going to be doing the testing. I guess, what are your thoughts on the plan the NFL has put forward? And yeah, to JR's point, how far into this this experiment do you think we're going to get before, you know, things maybe go sideways? Or maybe you're a little bit more optimistic with this thing and feel like, you know, we're going to be able to ride it all the way up. Yeah, I'm not as
0: optimistic. I'm. I mean, I mean, it's clear the last couple of weeks we watched the NFL, basically say we hadn't had any conversations about a plan uh, until a week ago. Like they they weren't talking to players. They weren't doing none of that because they they were told back in April or whatever, whenever they shut down, that things would be better by end of July. But they weren't planning for in case it doesn't. Like that's my whole thing. You have a like JR said, you got a billion dollar business and y'all didn't have people planning worst case scenarios out and making sure, hey, if we if if things aren't gonna be better by the time we hit August, what do we do in that in the well, what do we do in that case? We have all this time to plan. Uh we you watch teams like the NBA say, Hey, we we'll, we're gonna actually put ourselves into a bubble because we know we need to have our league. We wanna have our league and we want our players to play. Um uh, the NFL didn't do that. Obviously, there are more players in the NFL than the NBA. It's a lot harder to contain that many people. Um, so, like, I understand taking the the baseball model of doing kind of everything you're going to have to do in your own home state, in your own like stadiums and all that. People still traveling. I get it, but the plan needs to be about finishing the season, not starting the season. Starting the seasons, anybody, everybody's going to be able to do that. It's about how you finishing the season because most of these sports are so long. Like the NFL season, if you, if they were to start on time, it's supposed to go all the way through February till February. Come on now. Like that, that's crazy. Like to expect right now, if people were to just continue to go on doing what they're doing right now to pretend that the NFL season would, would last without all the amount of outbreaks you got possible deaths, all these things that could happen. It's crazy. Like, and I just don't know what they're going to do about it. I missed I don't even remember the the other question you had about it, like um, yeah, I don't even know what they're going to do. I mean, again it's hard it's hard to take another business model like the nBA and and have a bubble, but you got you, you got to figure this out because again, so much money's on the line, and are, now they're like threatening the players by saying that the cap's going to be less. They're going to spread out the cap. They, well, they've already agreed to it now. But the cap hit's gonna get spread out and it's gonna be lowered. So now that just means players are gonna get paid less. But when that revenue starts to creep back up, the owners are gonna see so much of that anyway. So it's a a crazy business. And all I I know is is you got billionaires asking millionaires to take less. So that's the way it
2: goes. And those those millionaires should be happy with what they get, uh, Prince. I, at least as a Minnesota fan, I guess with everything that's come out recently, do you feel better? Do you feel good about what you're seeing, reading, coming out about the team and how they're preparing for everything related to COVID, the things that they've set up? I guess what are your thoughts on how the Vikings have handled things specific to, yeah, the the virus and and everything else that's going on as we we get to you know the season, maybe potentially kicking off with rookies reporting you know this past week.
1: Yeah, I I, I I think that the Vikings have done uh, probably as good as as any of these organizations could have done as far as preparing themselves. Um, it doesn't really seem like they are um, they're not taking it seriously. They are requiring their staff to you know use PPE. Um, you know they're taking precautionary things as much as they can do to keep you know, the players actually showing up and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, I'm, like, I'm not disappointing them at all from, the, from an organization standpoint. Um, something that Miles was kind of touching on is just like, you know, we are really seeing the, the difference between you know, corporate America versus just non-corporate America, right? Obviously these corporations, they have um, their entire model and plan is to continue to bring in people who are going to continue to improve and grow that corporation um and that that's great obviously if you start to see your corporation growing um but the problem is is you're not bringing enough people who um are kind of the risk management type people the asset management type people who are going to be able to navigate the waters of okay if this scenario happens how do we how do we plan for it and you are seeing a lot of organizations not not really being able to do anything because they are like okay we don't have anybody or we don't have plans in place so we just have to keep um plugging ahead and kind of what as jr was saying this really forces uh the bigger organizations to um essentially say hey we'll let people die because we have to keep this train going um and obviously you know even as it looks in the vikings i mean you know, what happens if we have a Vikings player that dies? You know, uh, like, what are we going to do? I mean, uh, it, it, it is going to be challenging if, if, if someone does get sick and, um, and not just, like, shows symptoms, but, like, actually passes away because of this. Um, so answer to answer question, um, I'm glad the Vikings have been doing uh everything that they should be doing and it looks like they're taking all the precautions from from every aspect of the organization not just players but marketing and all other stuff um but ideally as we all think we just really shouldn't be having a season but billion dollar
2: organization all right well uh you're you're happy with the vikings about that now i'm gonna tear you up for something that i know you're a little less happy with the vikings about so uh Let's just keep going along here and, and maybe making people a little bit upset at you here. Prince, and, uh, talk to me about why you're so upset about Mike Zimmer being signed to uh, that contract extension. Let I'm not know.
1: upset. I, I'm, I'm really I, not,
2: Hey, I, Hey, no but, moonwalking but, okay. now because, you Bye. know, we we got screenshots in here that we can pull up. I, I need you not, to keep the same energy, my friend.
1: <laughs> I am not upset. Here's what I'll say. I am definitely indifferent. Um, I will say that, like. It's the same um, thing.
0: You are saying it in a nicer way.
1: No, my, our argument was about the Wilfs. That was what I was upset about, but the Wilfs is an extension of their decision to extend Mike Zimmer. Now I don't have a problem with Mike Zimmer because he's like, obviously he's the third winningest coaches in uh, a Vikings franchise. He's the third, um, honestly, third, probably third best coach. If we're just, if we're just looking at it from a win percentage standpoint or just win standpoint, I mean, obviously if we're thinking about it from like even a defensive standpoint, probably the best coach that we've ever had, um, but here's my problem with it. Um, obviously, he's entering his final season. Um, I don't know if you necessarily gain or lose anything by extending him right now. Um, because I think Mike Zimmer is the kind of person, he's like, I don't care if I'm in my final season, I'm going to coach my team and I'm going to be uh, want to try to win us a Super Bowl. Um, he doesn't seem like he's the guy who would let the lay. I mean, if anything, he would probably use that as, as – you know, his underdog, you know, they hate to see us win. They hate to see us, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm, I'm indifferent to it just because, you know, I, I get why they extend it because you extend to Kirk, it makes sense to extend Zimmer and then by extension, uh, uh, Spielman. Um, but the reason why I'm like, you didn't really need to, because at the end of the day, um, I think Zim still has to prove some stuff. I mean, we fired uh, Denny Green when he was performing, like re- the team was performing really well. So I, I don't, um, you know, as as much as I see the Vikings being a team that could win this season and probably will win this season, uh, do I think they're a Super Bowl caliber team right now? I don't. So,
2: so, extending- so more specifically, what is it about Zimmer that you feel he needs to improve? What is it that you're, Given everything you said, your third winning as coach, you know, you're looking at his resume, he's overcome, you know, quarterbacks being hurt, quarterbacks leaving, OCs leaving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and still has the Vikings, you know, in contention, you know, on paper, most seasons. What is it that you're not liking about Zim? And uh, I guess the next question is, who is it that you'd be looking to that you'd feel would be an upgrade to Mike Zimmer if you're, you're not really in the Team Zim camp?
1: Um, his model is an outdated model that though he has perfected, in my opinion, perfected it to the point where it does keep the team contending. It is an outdated model and it is a, a model that is unfortunately, um, not sustainable. And we've seen that year in, year out. We've either 2014, we're in the playoffs, 2015, we're in the playoffs, six twenty fifteen we're not, or 2016, we're not in the playoffs and so on and so forth. It keeps following that pattern. Because, yes, his, his style will always keep us in contention for the playoffs, right? He'll always make us a, a team that, oh, we're going to be a playoff team. But after we get to that hump, it's like, okay, I don't have any confidence that we're going to do it make any noise at all, right? Um, honestly, the, the one time I felt like we could have made some noise was the 2017, way back then when we were 13-3. and three. Um, And then to answer your second question – um, I, I think I'm similar to you guys where I, I think I want us to move more towards an offensive-minded coach. Um, Eric uh, FB, I'm, I'm sorry, me. The enemy. Yeah. Um, I think he would probably be a, a better option to move forward as far as that. And if not him, another offensive-minded coach that's, um, that we could really take this team over the hump, knowing that you already have some of the defensive players in place.
2: Okay, Miles, what are your thoughts on Prince not being upset, being indifferent about the, the long-term signing of Mike Zimmer? And I guess what were your thoughts when, when the news came through? Were, were you in the Prince camp? Do you feel like, you know, Zim doesn't get the respect he deserves? Where are you at on the spectrum of, of feelings when it comes to Mike Zimmer being extended for another, another handful of years here?
0: I'll start off by saying I think Zimmer is a, a very good coach. I don't think anybody should be able to question that. Um, I think his track record has shown it, especially when you look at the amount of quarterbacks he's had to deal with, the amount of offensive coordinators, which part of that is on him. But overall, the, the, like, the fact that he's had to deal with the amount of like um, disruption and, and such that he has, um, he's a very good coach. Um, I'm not surprised the extension came. I Actually, I'm surprised we didn't see Rick Spielman tied to it as well. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. Um, I'm not especially surprised. Once I saw the Kirk Cousins extension happen uh, during free agency, I expected Rick and Zim to kind of get a similar type of, like, extension um, for their contracts too just because they seem to be tied to each other at this point. Um, Like, I'm, I'm not even saying that Zim, like, Zim himself brought Kirk in but the overall like short-term contracts and like the leash all these guys are getting it really feels that they're kind of tied together and I'm okay doing that I mean I I believe you're gonna ride and die with Kirk then you're gonna ride and die with Kirk and your contract probably is gonna say it and I think it makes sense for Zim to have a a three-year extension and um, obviously a coach is a lot different than a player because there's no cap implications. so you can cut um, you could cut or fire Zim tomorrow if they wanted to, and the only hit they're taking, the Wilts are the ones taking the hit, but the, the cap in itself isn't getting affected there. So um, extensions are really all that. Like if the Vikings go sideways this year, I wouldn't be, like, don't be surprised if Zim got fired. Um, but at the same time, to, to uh, Prince's point, he does keep this team very competitive. Uh, my I've always had the biggest issue with Zim of the fact that if you you're going to be a head coach, you got to have a little bit of, um, I struggle with his favoritism toward the defense, but I'm okay with that because that's his niche. But if you're going to do that, then you got to let the offense be the offense. You got to kind of like stay out of it. And he did that when he first came to Minnesota with North turn. I thought that was, that he did a pretty good job. Um, And that doesn't mean he should not be involved in the offense. I just think we saw in 2018, especially 2016, his idea that you got to run the football was And it wasn't just like a, I need you guys to run the football. I was, I needed to be a a ball controlled specific type of offense I need run, rather than just saying, hey, I, I, my defense I'd like to just slow things down a little bit. He just, I think he put a little bit too much into it in my opinion. Um, And then obviously with John D. Flippo, he didn't really um, have any patience for that at all. And I understand it. That offense didn't run as well. The the personnel wasn't there fine. Um, But my hope is when you have an established OC like Gary Kubiak, that he'd be willing to um, kind of pull back and let Gary Kubiak do his thing because Kubiak knows more about offense than Zim does. And I hope he kind of sees that and kind of let that happen. But uh, I'm not mad about a Zim extension. It doesn't surprise me at all.
2: Hey, well, to the point you you brought there that uh, Zim wants an offense that looks a certain way. And and like Prince said, most of us would say that – yeah, the run-first offense is uh, not the ideal type of offense in in today's NFL, um, but that's where we are. That's what the the team wants to do, and the focal point of that offense has been Dalvin Cook. And as many have shown, Nick Olson has posted stats about it. When we are running, you know, wide zone with Dalvin Cook, it is highly effective um you know, dalvin hook Calvin cook excuse me in many ways was the the engine of the vikings offense um and he's not happy about his contract situation miles uh especially given now that you know his agent had some things to say uh where do you see this going is dalvin gonna report i mean the cba kind of compels him to but his agent's saying some things making some noise trying to get some things done if you're a betting person, how do you think this all plays out with the vikings? Is dalvin playing the rest of the season on his current deal? Is he getting extended? like what's it looking like, especially given that the your know, free agent class for for twenty twenty one when it comes to running backs is uh i mean there's some some pretty good talent that's out there so the price is probably not going to be what any of these guys want to see and I also think with the capital implication
0: implications being what they're they're going to be the Vikings, maybe there's a, there's been a stall in their kind of like negotiations because the Vikings might've at one point been willing to give him a little bit more than what they originally offered. Um, But then you obviously have the cap lowering in 2021. Um, That could, that to me, probably plays the biggest impact because what you don't want to do is start adding um, new money to to guys. If you do believe that they could possibly be replaceable, if they're not willing to take a number that you're willing to give Um, Dalvin Cook, unfortunately for him fits into that category of you play a position we can Gary Kubik, especially has proven this. I could go and find a few, uh, a couple guys for cheap that could run this, this scheme and the offensive, the run game would be successful. Our play action game is going to be successful no matter what, whoever's doesn't matter who's back there. Um, and that, and that's not to say Dalvin Cook's not a, a really good player. Um, so I believe I mean, I still believe the Vikings are going to find a way to get a deal done. I think they've just proven that they want to. Um, and I think it's all about um, the guaranteed money that they're willing to give Dalvin at this point. And um, The Vikings have shown that running backs are, are players that they're willing to pay, pay or willing to spend, whether it's in draft capital or money. So um, nothing would surprise me at all if um, we heard by next week that he, uh, he has a new contract extension. But um, to your point, Jason, I think with the new CBA, him holding out is probably not going to happen. Um, he's not going to lose in a crude season uh, for that reason. I think he would probably be stupid to do that at this point because then he just becomes a restricted free agent. And the Vikings could just then literally pay him less money next year than what he would get on the market. So um, yeah, he just wouldn't, it wouldn't be smart for him to to hold out right now. Yeah,
2: and Prince, you know, obviously back in the beginning of our, of our internet friendship, much of our discussion, were were centered around, should running backs get paid? Should they not get paid? And we're kind of back to a similar situation where back then, a lot of what you talked about was Adrian Peterson, focal point of the offense, so he deserves to get paid. Here we are spinning forward with Dalvin Cook, focal point of the offense, very skilled player. Should he get paid? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, He should get paid, but not nearly as much as what he – wants to get paid
2: that sounds like a long way of saying no
1: yes um that (laughs) is a very long way of saying no um the reality of it is is um i think whatever his 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 cap hit is going to be um will hurt the vikings uh just because he's going to he's going to command more than what his position is worth he's going to probably command 10 plus more million dollars and that's probably $5 million than any of us are willing to spend on that position. Um, and not just single person, but probably on the entirety of the whole position. Uh, but the reality of it is, is the un- the unfortunate part is he is the focal point of the, the offense. So it's hard for me to say, like, don't pay him. If you have constructed your entire offense around him, You you should pay him. Because my other argument would just be, okay, then just don't make him the focal point of the offense and switch that over to Kirk. Or whoever else you're going to, and and then you don't have to worry about like, okay, well, what is our drop off going to be? Because our, our our seemingly our best offensive player is is not, uh, it's not going to be around. So what are we going to do as far as what the offense looks like? Um, so no, don't pay Dalvin. Though I'm with Miles, and I think that they are going to pay him, and I think they're probably going to pay him twelve plus more million dollars a year in order
2: for 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 him to stay with us. OK, well, we 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 got Jr. back. So, you know, while we have him, I'm going to throw him throw in a question to make sure before he has to go and run and try to get the twins back down again. Uh, Jr. obviously, you are our draft guy around here. You've probably done the most digging, most research into these players. And the Vikings, obviously, they picked a lot of people. Um, when you think about the guys the Vikings have brought in, who what positions, which people do you think will be most hurt? by this weird off season that we've had, the shortened off season. And then which, if any, do you think any of these players um might actually get a leg up, uh either, you know, vets or or young guys coming in by the fact that, you know, the season the off season looks a little different than it normally would have.
3: Um I mean, it's really hard to say who could benefit from it just because with rookies, I think it's really vital that they get reps. And what I mean by reps is not studying at a playbook, not looking at a computer screen, and not listening in a Zoom meeting. Like, the best way to learn an offense is to be actually in it and getting those reps in practice just because that's where you learn from your mistakes. And, I mean, that's just from playing experience. Like, especially a quarterback, you really only learn when facing those live bullets. So – like, at quarterback, there's no way you can sit down and just digest an entire playbook without being out there and exactly going through everything just because you get a feel for your personnel. You get to see, like, the timing of everything that's going on, and that's why I think, like, um, I think I think defense is going to be easier on those guys just because uh, with defense, you really just have to be in a certain spot, especially in Zimmer's defense, and man coverage is man coverage, no matter what it is. Um, you have certain places that you have to be, in zone coverage and I mean that just comes with the reps but we all know with football backgrounds that zone coverage is zone coverage and then man coverage is man coverage but with a guy like Justin Jefferson it's much more difficult just because with these routes you have particular side adjustments that you have to alter on coverages you have certain route dips that you have to hit and then you have to get the timing down with Kirk Cousins which is a whole entity in itself so I think it's going to be much easier on the defensive guys but on on the offensive guys, I think it's going to be much more difficult.
2: And with those defensive guys, I guess if you were guessing, do you think we see a more simplified kind of look from Zim this year? Because in years past, like it, we're going to be relying on a lot of young guys in in the defensive backfield this year. Um, in years past, like young DBs have struggled a little bit coming into Zim's system. Do you think we see a different system this year? Things look more simple? Or are we just running more straight man versus like the – you know, you know, coverage, pattern matching type stuff that Zim was doing before. Like, it's, what is your kind of guess on, on how Mike Zimmer adjusts to, to deal with the fact that, like, players just weren't getting those reps that they would typically be getting?
3: I think it's going to be a really tricky year for Zimmer just because we know he's basically a defensive wizard. He's going to have all these creative packages and advanced coverage that he wants to do, but he has to understand the personnel that he's dealing with this year. You're going to have basically three brand new starters on the back end of your defense as far as cornerback. Um, Mackenzie Alexander's gone. Obviously, we know Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes are gone. So you're going to have three new starters on the perimeter. And we know the corners are so important in this defense. And we've all agreed that pass rush is very vital. But in Zimmer's defense, it's all about the defensive backfield. And based on how those guys play and how the development goes, I think it can make or break how good this defense can be. And this is like an underlying reason why I think Everson Griffin is ultimately going to be back is because they're going to have to find a way to rush the passer this year, especially with those young defensive backs. Those guys aren't really going to be able to hold up a whole bunch. And we have some veterans back there, but a guy like Holton Hill, who is still very young uh, in playing years, he hasn't had a bulk of the refs just because for off-field issues. And then he's just had better guys and more experienced guys in front of him. And then Mike Hughes, we know the injury concerns that he's had, but he's only played a nickel for the most part so the outside is really going to be relatively new for him so the Vikings have to figure out a way to generate a ton of pressure with the front seven otherwise it's going to be really rough on this secondary and their their safeties are really good we know Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith are really good but you still have to have guys on the outside and we know in the NFC North there's some very talented receivers man you got Devontae Adams those two guys up in Detroit are very good and Allen Robinson is a very underrated receiver as well so they're seeing big-time number-one receivers week in and week out. So they have to figure out a way to figure out this
2: cornerback situation or it's going to be very rough on them. Yeah, so, so Prince, let me, uh, let me go to you here, you know, because JR, he talked about kind of, you know, some sides of the ball some, and, and talked about Justin Jefferson a little bit. But, like, if you're looking at things, I'm going to force you to be positive here because you've been, like, you know, so-so on Zim, you know, doom and gloom when it comes to the season being played or not. I'm going to need you to, like, dig deep here. Give me a player. Give me someone you think might actually benefit from the fact that there isn't, you know, the regular offseason. And uh, someone who maybe we thought going into the offseason, like, yeah, he's out of here, that, you know, we'll be sliding into a job as we we start the season.
1: So, we, we've probably seen the arguments on the timeline. So, I'm going to say one person. I'm going to say Sean Mannion, actually. Um because I think we all can say that uh, Nate Stanley is a better quarterback as far as being – getting that QB2 job. And I think if we had camp battles, I think that he would probably run away with that QB2 job. Uh, sure but the fact that, that – mm-hmm. I think so. I okay. believe Nate, Nate Stanley is better than Sean Mannion. But again – I'm
0: not it, even trying to, trying to defend Sean Mannion. I'm no, <laughs>
1: I, I, I just – but I'm, I'm just saying, I just think that Nate Stanley is – uh, of those two – Again, we're we're arguing over Sean Manny and Nate Stanley, which we all know how we feel about that. Uh, but I think I think obviously being a veteran, um, being the guy that he, he's, um, you know, he's had those several years as far as reps and whatnot. Uh, Nate Stanley's not going to have that, so he's not really going to be able to be the guy that we're going to ask to take over the offense if something happens to her Cousins. So he gets he gets COVID, he gets injured. Um, you know, we're asking who's going to step in there, and it you know, not having in, in an offseason much uh, is to his benefit, in my opinion. Um, so is that to the Vikings benefit? I don't know. But as far as Sean meaning, I think I think that puts him in a really good position to lock up that QB two job for at least the, the first part of the season. Um, but I, I also don't know how much uh, Nate Stanley's going to be able to get reps as far as uh, within the season, because, I mean, all those reps are going to be given
2: to the first two guys. Miles, what about you? Is there anyone that you kind of going into this off season like that guy is probably going to get cut, but now you're like, I don't know, maybe he might stick around because, you know, younger guys or people I thought might get to replace him might not get the reps we thought they were going to get. Chad BB. No, Uh,
0: (laughs) uh, no, for real though. Uh, Two guys, I'll give, I'll give two. And I don't even, I don't even know if one of them I expect to get cut anyways, but Shamar Steffen's one of those guys, um, I I believe they could cut him and I think it'd be fine, but they're not going to. We know they're not going to, but they're especially not going to now. And we know how much they seem to like Shamar Stefan, but he's even going to get even less competition or amount of time for a competition to lose his job right now. So I think that's a guy that I could see um, obviously sticking around, but playing more than he probably should at this point too. Um, I think Stefan's one of those guys. And I think, Tajay Sharp, kind of to to JR's point about Justin Jefferson, I still think they're going to find a way to get Jefferson on the field, which is a good thing. I think, you know, you could find ways to kind of get into three receiver sets. But I think Sharp coming from an offense from Tennessee that's very similar to the Vikings in terms of terminology, run heavy. um, I think there's a lot of those similarities that he can kind of come into and not have to uh, adjust as much. Obviously, he knows the NFL game more than Jefferson does. um, But he's played the X receiver position as well. And so he might be able to come in a little easier um, and like transition that position a little easier than Jefferson would because of the lack of reps. Um, Obviously him not having familiarity with the team and and Kirk is going to hurt him, but I think he's going to have an obvious leg up over Jefferson right now. Um, But at some point I'm sure Jefferson probably will take that over and and be the number two guy. But I think early on I could see Sharp being kind of
2: the guy as like the number two receiver. I'm right here. Well, JR, bring me home. This is something, it's a question I put on here just for you because you put it on the timeline kind of in jest, but so I figured I'm gonna ask you about it here anyway. You talked about like an NFL lottery a couple of times. And so, yeah, what would that look like? If something did happen, they go another way and they're like, "Yeah, hey, we really actually can't do this. We can't have a season. Help me understand, help the listeners understand, like, how are they going to do a lottery? What's that look like?
3: Yeah, so a couple things here. I don't think it will be possible to do like an like an actual NFL draft lottery, how the NBA does it. But an idea that was brought to me, I think it was Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports, and it made a lot of sense. And he said, basically take the averages of the team's record over the past three to five seasons, and then do it that way, as opposed to just uh, basing it on last season. But then comes a team like the 49ers who i have stunk the past few years, but they were very good last year. And then you don't want them getting up getting the top draft pick. So you just have to understand that there's not going to be any formula that satisfies everybody. But if you do like a true NBA style lottery, I don't think that's going to satisfy a lot of people just because there's so many good teams that have high chances of getting the top overall pick. And I just think like, a team like, let's say, like New England, even giving them a 1% chance to get the number one overall pick, and then they end up with Trevor Lawrence. Nobody's going to be happy about that. So I don't think an NBA-style lottery will work. I think the best thing to do is just take the average record of teams over the past three to five seasons, however far you want to go, and just try to do it that way. But it seems like we're going to get an NFL season, so that, that idea is thrown out the window.
2: Yeah, Miles. How about you? If you if you had to figure out a way to to set up an NFL lottery, what might that look like for you? Uh, just throw all the names in a bucket and, <laughs> and
0: and and go take the NBA model, I guess. I I've, I honestly never really thought about it. I think uh, I've never really been too big of a fan of a lottery, anyways. But but I, I I think I mean it could be fun. I mean I think I think what it is it's fun for us. But I just don't think as like a fan of a specific team, I think it can hurt because you're never guaranteed anything that, like, based off record and all some of that stuff. So, uh, But I, I like the idea. It could be fun.
2: It'd just be another way for us to be disappointed.
0: Exa- exactly. <laughs> Vikings oh. finally have a chance at, like, a Trevor Lawrence, and and they get the, four, the third pick. Instead. We get like, the
2: third pick, yeah. Yeah. And Nate Stanley will, will save us. for <laughs> <laughs> the parents all right well uh before we get out of here jr you obviously you've been busy with work with some other stuff you got the new pod going let the folks know what you've been up to where they can find it and uh
3: yeah hey can i back up to zim of course about his extension i didn't yeah. have the, i didn't get a chance to get any input but um i think the vikings have kind of fell in love with being pretty good if that makes sense and they're kind of scared to see what's behind door number two just because they're so comfortable with what's behind door number one. But I was thinking about this the other day, and I should have dropped it in group me when I was thinking about it. I think the situation with Zim is a little bit different this go-around. And I say that because if you think about Pat Shermer, you think about John DeFilippo and who was the OC last year, Kevin Stefanski, all those guys were looking to get head coaching jobs elsewhere. Now with Gary Kubiak, I think it's a little bit different to where he's not out going to be looking for a head coach position as an offensive coordinator. So I think this could end up working out for Zimmer just because he's now under – or he has a guy under him as offensive coordinator who's kind of going to feel at home in that situation to where he just wants to peak as an offensive coordinator. That's all he wants to be with Gary Kubiak. And that's not to say that a team may come in and try to swoop Gary Kubiak just because we all know – money talks no matter how old these NFL coaches are and especially if he gets this offense clicking but I think just on the hook and what it looks like I think the situation is a little bit different and it could end up working out for them just because of where Kubiak is at this point in his career and him not having head coaching
2: desires. I mean I guess I would just ask like what happened with Norv then? Cause you know, like they no were in here still looking to be ahead and, and that was man. supposed, that was supposed to be a similar situation. And then like that yeah. whole thing blew up. And Norv, I, I threw, think so
0: Nor, Norv definitely has a bigger ego than Kubiak. And that's yeah. not to say Kubiak no doesn't question. have an ego, but Norv's definitely more hard headed than Kubiak. I think we could kind of tell from that.
2: <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, hopefully fingers crossed things work out differently. So I'll circle back with a very awkward segue here. Jr. new podcast. <laughs> Tell us about it. Tell the folks.
3: Yeah. So I launched a new podcast called The Read Option, uh, something that's coupled with the draft network. Um, had a lot of good guests on already. Kirk Herbstreit on college game day which was my very first uh, guest. He did a great job. Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator from Michigan, was my latest guest. So I have another one. I'm here that I'm not going to announce right now. I got a lot of special things planned. So I'm really excited about that. It's on every single podcast platform as well. So go check it out. It's called the Read Option.
2: All right. Miles Prince, either y'all got anything you want to tell people about? Miles, what where should people look for you to play some two K? Uh nowhere.
0: <laughs> uh, leave me alone with that. Um uh, I don't need I don't need that. That's smoke. Um, no, I don't honestly, uh we've all talked, but I've had a lot of stuff going on <laughs> the last few weeks, month. Uh if any of y'all know me, you'll you'll know. It. But um, but yeah, so uh I've been kind of trying to like build off a lot of that stuff. So um if anybody wants to talk about it, they
2: can hit me up. But yeah. Yeah, man. You've been busy doing doing some of that real work. <laughs> yeah, Prince. Oh yeah. well, man, anything we should be looking for? What you up to other than growing out your hair? <laughs>
1: Well, uh, both the industries that I, uh, outside of my main job, are shut down. I don't know if you guys know, but there's (laughs) no music or acting uh, happening right now. Um, So I'm just really just focusing on, I have a building to open up right now. So I'll just do that. It's going to open up in about a month.
2: so That's just what I've been up to. All right. That is it. That is all. Gentlemen always a pleasure we just lost jr again as uh they are trying to 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 get some some twins on a sleep schedule and uh you know it's a it's a work in progress so as always gentlemen pleasure talking to you, listeners thanks for sticking with us and uh yeah with football coming back uh, we will be back on a more regular cadence so we will talk to you soon have a good one